feel helpless when you keep trying to get back on the fitness and health wagon with little or no success? Exercise does not have to be an all-or-nothing approach to good health. Welcome to You Only Stronger with your host, fitness expert Michael Skog. You'll learn how to make small and larger changes you can apply, no matter what your age or fitness level is. Get ready to take charge of your fitness and glory years. Now, here's Michael Skog. Good morning. Boy, um, this was uh, touch and go today. I uh, had technical issues that we cleared up just at the at the wire. In fact, we might even be a little late heading into this. Um, hope you're having a good Monday morning so far. I trust your weekend was uh, was enough to recharge your battery. Uh, today is an interesting topic. I teed it up over the last several weeks. Uh, living in a gun culture. Um, this one evokes emotion, uh, no doubt about it. And uh, if you have an opinion on this, I hope to hear from you. I know that uh, some of you are going to be calling in. I can feel it anyway. So watching the news this weekend, um, I saw a new diagnosis called text neck, text neck. So that's taking it a step beyond sitting at your desk staring at a computer screen. You are no longer staring at a, well, a horizon point, whether it's a downhill horizon point or not. Now you are actually dropping your chin to your chest and uh, for prolonged periods of time, apparently, and it's causing a uh, dysfunction. So I figured, why not? Why not go after this? Um, give you guys some some quick muscle activation that you can do for your neck because if you get a stiff neck, if you're that person who's on your phone all the time and uh, and your neck is talking to you, you got to strike a balance there. Um, chances are everything in the front side of your neck where you drop your chin to your chest is overriding or imbalancing the back. So I'm going to give you a couple movements. Of course, pandiculation. We're going to use isometrics a little more than isokinetics today. Very little movement in this one. So to start off, let's take your fingers, lace them together, place them on the back of your head. And I want you looking straight out at the horizon, all right? We're not looking up. We're not looking down. Um, I want your chin uh, at, in a neutral position. That means my chin is not dropped at all. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put tension on the back of my head. I'm going to press forward, and then I'm going to try and look at the ceiling, in, at the same time. So here we go. Let's do a five second uh, pause or not pause, but uh, activation, if you will. And here we go. Let's look up for five, four, three, two, one, and relax. All right. I'm starting back there because that's typically what needs to happen when it comes to text neck is get that area fired up. Now we're going to go to the front. So take place your hands um, on your temples in fists. And same position to start with, neutral. So I'm looking at the horizon. And let's press into the temples. And now let's try and look down. Here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. And relax. Now let's handle the sides. As you might imagine, we're going to take a hand. We're going to place it on the side of the head. All right. And I want you to try and drop your ear to your shoulder. So let's apply some pressure. And here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. And relax. And let's hit the other side. And hand on the temple. And let's press into the head and the head into the hand. Here we go for five, four, three, two, one. And relax. Now, that's one of those deals. How many times do I go through that sequence? I don't know. It depends on your neck, how your neck feels. But I think um, to play it safe, I'd do at least three. Get your neck fired up. Make sure that um, you're not just relying on your spine to support your head today. Uh, let's, let's call on all support structures that play a role in, uh, in keeping your cranium erect. <laughs> all right. So living in a gun culture. First thing I'm going to do, to do today is I'm going to read the Second Amendment. 
I don't know if many of you know what it says, but you're going to. So the Second Amendment was uh, was ratified December 15th, 1791, a long time ago. And it states this, a well-regulated militia being necessary for the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. All right. So a militia. What is a militia? Uh, well, a militia force has, that has several meanings. Um, it's a, a military force that is raised from the civil population to supplement a regular army in an emergency. All right, that's a militia. How many militias um, do you know today that we've had to call on for such such a case? Well, we really don't need them. We have the National Guard. That's what they do. All right. So infringe. Let's talk about infringe because the last line in the Second Amendment states to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. To infringe is to uh, actively break the terms of a law or an agreement. Now, I'm going to give you a little a little bit of uh, opinion on this. I think this is archaic. But it is in our Constitution. Um, it exists for a reason. And back when it was uh, when it was ratified, um, it was an even playing field. So the government and the civilians, um, what did they use for weaponry? They used flintlocks. They used uh, muzzle loaders. Um, they didn't have the technology we have today. So it was uh, it was an even match. And that's really why this was put in place. So a tyrannical government couldn't overthrow its people and oppress them and blah, blah, blah. Um, so here we are today. Yeah, we do have access to some, uh, some, some pretty high-tech weaponry um, as civilians. But we don't come close. Not even the same block as those in the military. Um, you might have an AR-15, but... What about a drone? You know, what are you going to do about that? So um, there's there's some room for argument here. Is this really a necessary right, the Second Amendment? Well, I'm not here to say it is or isn't. I am here to talk about um, both sides because, honestly, I see value in both sides. And... I um, I got to be honest with you. I uh, I posted on uh, Facebook this past week uh, a question. How do you feel about assault weapons bans? And it opened up a can of worms. As I anticipated, I wanted it to. I wanted you to uh, to think about it. But the response I got was it was almost shameful. Um. We are really ugly to each other. It became a real personal attack on, uh, on our opinions. Now, these are our, our opinions, and we should never let our opinions affect others because they belong to us. They do not belong to others. So if, if I have an opinion, and it's, it, maybe it's based on, um, on uh, inexperience, so be it. It's mine. Don't, don't be crappy to me just because it isn't congruent with how you think. And that's what I saw. I saw that all week. Um, it, was, uh, it was embarrassing. So I hope that today we walk away from this um, thinking about being better human beings, just being kind to each other. Uh, when was the last time you gave a uh, compliment to somebody or received one? Because sometimes giving and receiving are just as difficult. Um, but I'm going to challenge you today. I want you to give a compliment. Give it where it's due. Now, don't give somebody some gratuitous blah, blah, lip service um, or something that doesn't deserve it. But then again, don't, you know, the judgment seat is already filled and it's your butt is not sitting in that seat. So uh, don't be judgy, but give a compliment where it's due, not to... Uh, that's some gratuitous like on a photo that uh, that you feel obligated to like 
when it pops up on your Instagram feed. All right. Okay. So that's that. Um, Why are we talking about this? We're talking about this because uh, several weeks ago, Austin Wyatt Rollins from Grape Mills, Maryland, a 17-year-old, shot up his school. All right. Uh, Shot his girlfriend or an ex-girlfriend. Why did he do that? What brought him to that point? Um, To argue that it was the gun that uh, was at fault is a fool's argument. There is something beyond that. Um, We got to peel this onion, folks. It's not at the end of your arm. It's at the beginning of your arm. It's what's controlling your impulse. Now, uh, boys, their development of impulse control, that part of their brain is the last, the absolute last to be developed. And as teenagers, it's certainly not there. Hell, as a 50-year-old, we question if it's there. But uh, impulse, impulse is a big one. And um, our, uh, our way, at least professionally, to go about this nowadays um, isn't just throwing a blanket diagnosis at something and calling it PTSD and being good with it and walking away and like, oh, he's got PTSD. And uh, that's where it ends. No. Um, our mental health care uh, practitioners have taken it a step further and have created a thing called trauma-informed care. Now, what that is, is that is, like I said, peeling the onion, figuring out why Austin Wyatt Rollins did what he did. What was the cause? Um, And you throw throw into the mix um, experimental drug use in that uh, early formative stage where your impulse hasn't developed yet. Man you're you're going to you're going to dilute all kinds of uh, all kinds of advancement that uh, that a normal healthy um, non-drug using person would experience so there's a lot to this uh, we're angry we're really angry as a society and we're quick quick to respond um that facebook posting case in point we are angry we're just looking. We're looking for a villain. We want to demonize someone. We want to demonize something. And it's really easy to take to take a, uh, a firearm and put it in that, that, that spot and point a finger at it. And as silly as it sounds to, uh, to, to do that, um, it brings comfort. It brings comfort to have a bad guy. And I get that. I get that. But let me let me talk about this. I'm going to just kind of jump ahead a little bit. Um, so the banning of firearms, that's a touchy subject. And, and uh, I think it's a fool's argument back to that point. Um, maybe some of you know this. Maybe some don't. But um, last week, the London mayor, Sadiq, Khan bans uh, carrying knives in London. 50 stabbings so far this year, 50 murders, all right? And uh, they believe that they're on track to surpass the 130 murders that occurred in 2017. In fact, for the first time in history, London has bypassed New York City for homicides in uh, February and March. And this has put them in a position of, uh, well, now they have earned the title, the, uh, the city of hate. Man, that's not a coveted title, I would, I would imagine. So uh, this, this guy, Sadiq Khan, this London, uh, he ran on a, a campaign. You know, remember the stop and frisk uh, campaign we had going um, years ago and how it cleaned up New York City and then it it, it uh, fell on controversy because, because it became a racial profiling issue. Well, uh, that was something that, um, that Mayor Khan wanted to ban and that was his platform and now he is putting it back in place because 
this problem is growing for London. They don't have firearms over there. So what are they vilifying? Now they're vilifying knives. All right. So I think you can see where this argument is headed. Like I said, it's not at the end of the arm. It's at the beginning of the arm. What is causing this stuff? Uh, Impulse control. Absolutely up there. Or just the need to hurt. So here we are. I, um, I did some research. I looked up school shootings, back to our school shooting issue, because that's really what brought this to the forefront of discussion. Um, in 1980, I'm going to do this by decades, so we'll, call, we'll say in the 1980s, there were 39 school shootings. In the 1990s, there were 63. In the 2000s, same number, 63. In the 2010s, so mind you, we're 2018, we're, we're only eight years into this decade, there's 152 school shootings. So we have more than doubled the number. Why? Why is that? That's what I want to dive a little deeper into. Now, um, it's, I, I'm going to break this down into generations. The, uh, the I generation is or the gen z or the centennials those are the guys or the the kids that are still in school right now they're still in high school they were born after 1996 the uh, millennials or the gen y they're born between 77 and 95 now i don't know if you guys know this out there but uh, i'm just going to run through the timeline of uh, where these generations fit generation x that's me born between 65 and 76, baby boomers between 46 and 64, and then the traditionalists or the silent generation are born before 1945. Now, do you think um, gun accessibility has changed over the years? Um, To a a degree, it probably has. Uh, But one thing I can tell you based on my experience is um, when I was in high school, School shootings just weren't something that uh, that I that I even considered or thought about. I don't think really anybody did. Um, in fact, I grew up in a, in the Midwest, and uh, firearms were part of the landscape there. A lot of hunters, a lot of fishermen. It's just what you did. Not everybody did it, but you knew somebody who did. So that meant that firearms were were. Uh, accessible to anybody easily easily accessible i could have stepped into my parking lot in my high school and uh pointed at two dozen trucks that had gun racks in their rear windows with guns in them now what does that say i don't know one thing i do know though is that it was not a fear that we had as a society school shootings just it just wasn't wasn't part of it so here we are fast forward all right um guns are everywhere we have accessibility to a lot of different types um and the assault weapon seems to be the one that's getting vilified or the semi-automatic now there is definitely a um there is a um, there is a an assault weapon is an auto weapon a semi-automatic is not an automatic weapon an assault weapon would be considered automatic so let's just clear that up by definition first so here we are today. All of these, uh, all these rights that we have as Americans, um, come they come at a cost. Actually, they come with a lot of responsibility. So having these weapons, you know, the, the onus is on us to to uh, be safe with them. We have a choice. We have a choice. Do we do we support it or not? Um, what do you think? 
I want to know what you think. When I was young, um, man, I'm going to, I'm going to make a confession. Um, actually I'm going to make a confession in my next block. I, <laughs> I hope my mom's not listening. She's probably going to be a little upset with me, but that's, that's okay. I'm 50. I can handle it. Um, but growing up was very different. Technology wasn't what it is today. Technology to us back then was having a, a TI-35 calculator. Or if you were really advanced, you had a Commodore 64 and you played Space Invaders or uh, Pong. You know, that was technology back then. Nowadays, it's not the same we become a bit desensitized because of technological advancements. In fact, in fact, we have socially regressed as a result. Remember, remember Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto was released in 1997. That was a huge paradigm shift. We went from, in the, uh, the video game world, we went from fighting bad guys to being the bad guy. And wow, you talk about a role reversal. I remember that seeing that game for the first time and being mortified. This thinking, this is garbage. This is what we're headed to, into. It's going to get nothing but worse. I mean, you could kill cops. You could kill... You could kill uh, innocent people. You could pull people from their car and steal their car. It was just, it was a slippery slope. That's the way I saw it. And it continued um, past Grand Theft Auto. It continued to get worse. In fact, there were several more releases of that game. And then, uh, and then you, uh, you jump forward a little further and uh, now you're doing online gaming. Um, with the likes of Call of Duty, where you have access to these uh, weapon systems, of course, digitally, but uh, you have access to these with a uh, with a hand controller, and maybe you're playing in virtual reality, and you're playing with your social network on a screen. Um, really, what's happening here? Um, killing somebody has become a game. It doesn't have the same consequence that it, uh, it, that it did um, to us when we were maybe learning the uh, commandment, thou shalt not kill. So technology, this, this technology that is, that is advancing us yet regressing us socially, um, I think, I think there's, a, there's a big part there that we need to look at. I don't know if any of you were watching the Zuckerberg uh, trial, but repeatedly he talked about social media and how it was a means for us to connect. And yeah, big picture, that was the case. But who, who are we connecting with? We're connecting with people that we just, we don't know. We don't know these people. Um, they are part of our social network in a, in a world that we can't touch. It's a digital world. So without that touch, we, uh, we start to dehumanize. So maybe that plays into this whole, um, this whole, uh, no consequence or, or, um, not not giving value to life like it had before, that thou shalt not kill commandment. Um, so here we are. Connecting with people through digital means. We don't know these people. They're our friends though. These are our friends. This uh, social network that allows us to connect to people all over the world is really keeping us in isolation. Um, you, you look at kids today when they hang out. How do they hang out? They hang out in packs on their phones. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. 
They're probably Snapchatting. Um, that seems to be the thing. But um, they are, uh, they're not, they're not socializing. They are, uh, they're carrying on in a way that, that really isolates them from the group, even though they're a part of a group. I think we need to look at that as parents, as leaders, um, as teachers. That is where we need to start. We need to get back to to governing what our kids do. And every single one of our kids has a phone. How many of our kids use that phone to actually make phone calls anymore? We don't. I'm guilty of that too. I will text rather than make a phone call. That's easy to do. It saves time. It seems like there's more of an emotional investment to hear somebody else's voice. Maybe, just maybe we're required empathy just a little bit more than what our thumbs can afford. Kind of ironic that I started off this segment with text neck because here we are talking about that form of communication. Texting, it's a good thing. I, th- I think it's a good thing. I use it a lot. Um, but we're losing the human touch. So we didn't go to a commercial break, so I'm just going to keep talking. And um, I'm going to tell you that story. Growing up in the Midwest, um, wasn't a lot to do. Uh, we had to be creative and what I'm going to tell you is is a little extreme, and um, and it's something that I would not recommend. But uh, it was something we did. We did it as kids. And I let me refer back to that point where boys and their uh, their ability to make decisions, their impulse control uh, hasn't developed. And this is certainly um, <laughs> yeah, a good example of that, a fine example of that. We used to go out onto the uh, the bay when it would freeze over in the winter. And we would layer up. And again, sorry, Mom. You're probably hearing this for the first time. In fact, I know you are. Uh, We would layer up with uh, multiple layers of clothing. Um, Snowmobile suit, snowmobile helmet, um, boots. We'd have goggles on underneath, gloves. And uh, and we we would just put as many layers on as we could. We go out onto the water frozen of course and uh, we'd stand back to back and we'd have our shotguns with us with uh with bird shot in our shotguns and we would stand back to back and we would pace off 100 paces and turn around and fire at each other and we thought that was that was cool we thought that was a real kick that was fun and uh nothing like feeling the concussion of a shotgun blast as the bbs um penetrate your outer layers now Thank God we never had any any injuries that occurred from this. And um, because you talk about dangerous, oh my gosh, what possessed us to do such a thing? That's just dumb. That is just dumb. All right. So this was a game we played. Hell, we, uh, we used to have BB gun wars. We would hunt each other down out in the woods because that's what we did. We were a hunting culture. And uh, we would fire each other with BB guns. And, um, you know, we were just desensitized to what exactly a firearm could do. To us, it was just another tool, another tool in the house that either dad owned or we owned. Um, it wasn't uncommon that, uh, that when you re- reached a certain age, it was almost like a coming of age to get your first gun. My first gun was a uh, was a single barrel 20 gauge, and that was the one that I played with out on the ice out on the bay. So, here's another story for you. With all that said, I'm going to take you into because uh, that was pre high school. I'm going to take you into my high school years. I had a friend. His name was Steve. Steve was a very popular guy. He was a great athlete. 
Um, he was a good student. People liked him. He was cool. He had a lot of friends. Well, one day we got the news that Steve took his took his thirty odd six, which is a deer rifle for those of you that don't know what that is, and he stuck it in his mouth and he blew the back of his head off. Nobody knew why. Now we we had a we had to do a gut check on that. New perspective. This thing, this firearm, this this part of our landscape, part of our culture, now has a new meaning to us. Now it doesn't just take the live the lives of uh, wildlife, um, big game, fowl. It can take the life of you, of me, of, of all humans, and that was a shockwave that resounded loudly through my peer group. And I'll be honest with you, at that point, I um, picking up a gun was not something that, that I enjoyed up until that point. It carried a new meaning, a new meaning to me. Back to today, we're angry. It's time to release that anger. And I don't mean look for a release for that anger, although you can find plenty of releases out there. And in fact, for a long time, exercise was my release, and it still is. Although I'd like to think that I handle my anger in a different way. But there's nothing like an exertion, a physical exertion, to dispel that anger. But we're angry. We're angry as a society. We do not like each other, especially if we oppose each other opinion-wise. Politics is a perfect example of that. In fact, um, sorry about the shuffling. I'm going to pull some notes out here. I wrote some stuff down. So, uh, April 8th, 2018, Gwinnett County, Georgia, man stabs boss after being fired. 44-year-old man. Okay, so we're past the impulse uh, development stage. 44-year-old man, restaurant employee for 10 years. Um, his boss lets him go and he stabs him repeatedly in the neck. Why? Well, anger, perhaps. Certainly didn't control that impulse. Uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, April 9th, 2018. A TV reporter uh, punches another one during an argument in a Brewers game. Eh, so we resort to fists. All right. So the fist, interesting enough, is at the end of our arm. Are we going to start vilifying fists and feet? Because they can do damage. Uh, it seems to be a check down list. Um, the firearm gets gets uh, demonized. Or the knife gets demonized. Or the vehicle gets demonized. Now we're talking body parts, right? Fists and feet. When does that occur? Because I know... That there are plenty of you out there, including myself, that we can do a lot, a lot of damage with our fists and feet. Ryan McFall, 32, shoot, shoots out a church window with a BB gun. Why? Because he's angry. He's angry. This is Arapaho United Methodist. And that's what he admitted. He admitted when he was interviewed that he did it out of anger. What brought him to that point? I don't know. We are falling apart socially. We are degenerating. We should be we should be advancing in all kinds of ways because we have the ability to uh, 
to fight this stuff. And I don't mean a fist fight. I don't mean to fight it with, um, with, with, with anger, to meet that anger. But I mean prevention. Trauma-informed care. My mother was instrumental in putting this together, and this is something that they're using in the uh, in the mental health world to um, to diagnose. They're not just looking for for um, the symptom; they're looking for the cause. So, if somebody loses their mind and shoots up a school, um, it's not about the knee-jerk response and going after what it was that uh, that this person did. They're going after why this person did this. There's a breakdown. There's a breakdown in that person's life, and we don't know what it is. We can't just blanket label either. We got to be kind to each other. We got to be kind and considerate. Oh, I got a two-minute warning. We're heading into a heading into a commercial break. So on that topic, um, let's. Uh, Let's think about this. How are you going to go out today and do your part? Make your world a little better because you have the power to do that. You can control how you treat people. You can control um, your, uh, your environment, your, the atmosphere that surrounds you today. Give a compliment, receive a compliment. Do something nice. Hold a door for someone. Man, how many of us are so hell-bent on being first through the door or first on the highway when we uh, approach immersions? There's, there's, we've lost sight of being considerate and kind to each other. I think politics has played a big part. Was a young man who was beat up because he was wearing a Make America Great Again hat. No matter what your opinion is on that, that is not good behavior. If you can't, uh, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. You ever hear that? Well, if you have a hard time keeping. Uh, keeping your hands off of other people. Put your hands in your pockets. My dad used to tell me that. So I'm going to leave you with that thought. And uh, when we return, we're going we're gonna to venture further into this discussion. This is Michael Scott, the only stronger on Voice America, the Variety Network. Let me remind you, this is the Variety Network. And I am taking it, taking the opportunity to explore that variety. And we'll see you soon. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Michael Skog has created an at-home workout program available through virtualskog.com. Virtual Skog is used in 38 countries worldwide. It's a program created for all ability levels with workout progressions built in. There are over 90 workouts to choose from. These workouts range from 20 minutes to just over an hour. All of the workouts are downloadable to the app to use later. Content includes kettlebell, bodyweight exercises, and yoga with new material added monthly. Visit virtualscog.com today. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Attention. If you're a parent, educator, social worker, or civic or religious leader, the most important program you'll hear this week is Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Host Opal Singleton and her guest 
show how our children and others are being dangerously lured by predators through the dark web, social media apps, and games. Beyond that, the program looks at trends in human trafficking and more. You'll never think of the Internet the same way again. Listen Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is You Only Stronger with Michael Skog. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to michael at skogkettlebell.com. Now, back to You Only Stronger. And we're back. And on the line, we have uh, Matt from Portland. Matt, welcome. Morning, Michael. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. So uh, why don't you tell us who you are, first of all? Um, I'm a uh, native of the Northwest. Um, I uh, did some things after high school when I graduated in 98. So uh, per your definition of title, I am a millennial, uh, although I thought it was May of 80 and on. I was happy to be Gen X, but it is what it is. <laughs> Anyways, um, so I was born in 80. Um, and uh, yeah, I did some stuff after high school and joined the service in 02. Um, I've been in the service for about 15 years now. I do serve out here in Portland. Um, and yeah, that's about me. So, um, are you, uh, are you in the army? Are you in the air force? What, what do you do? Can you, can oh, you we say have colors? Uh, I'm in the air force. Oh, all right. All right. You're <laughs> in the air force. What do you do in the air force? Um, I'm a cop in the air force or security forces. Perfect. Wow. Good, good caller to have. So, folks, here's a guy who um, relies on firearms as part of his tool belt, all right, just like a carpenter would with a hammer. So, uh, Matt, why don't you um, why don't you expound a little bit on uh, on what it means to be a uh, well to be a responsible gun owner? Um, so, I've I've been listening since you started this morning, and there was a lot of things I was wanting to cover um, that are kind of capitalized on and voice my opinion um, on uh, some of the topics you brought up. Um, in, in regards to, uh, to weapons, I was like you, Michael. Um, I grew up with uh, uh, out in a farm town of uh, Hillsborough. <laughs> Back you know, when I went to high school, there wasn't much there other than a couple neighborhoods. Uh, but same like you, uh, guys went to school. We had you know, shotguns in our back windows. We'd go out and go duck hunting after school. It wasn't uncommon. It was easy to pick out 12 vehicles with rifles in the back. And the shootings were nothing we ever were concerned of. Um, my father did not have um, firearms. Um, he was in the Navy, served in Vietnam, uh, carried, carried one in, uh, in the service, but never really owned one, which was weird coming from a background of weapons, uh, for being from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, uh, they hunt. Everybody in his family has rifles and hunt, but he just chose not to. He was a carpenter and a boxing coach, uh, and just didn't have time to go out and, uh, enjoy the sport. Anyways, uh, my stepdad had guns and that's really where I started. And I got basic gun safety from a hunter's course. Uh, at the age of like 10 or 11, even though I didn't hunt until well into my 20s, uh, other than uh, fowl. And so um, firearms were there, even though it wasn't something that was prominent in my life. Um, I joined the service. Um, obviously, I get uh, two duty weapons. I, I carry a 9 mil on a daily basis, a pistol, semi-automatic pistol, 15-round um, magazine. And uh, if I'm out on security, uh, I carry uh, an actual M4, which is an AR-15, uh, but with three-round burst capabilities and a 30-round magazine um, with significantly more than one magazine. Um, and for duty, it's, it's been paramount. Um, I've got four tours. Uh, I've got two tours to Iraq, just under two years um, of service over there. And then I've got two other tours to the Gulf States. And weapons, uh, it's a big big 
part of what we do. Um, you know, I've always told people, you know, uh, that are anti-gun, you know, the, the only thing that stops a bad man with a gun is a, is a good man with a gun. Uh, they don't fear the sign. They don't fear the laws. If somebody has cruel intentions, uh, these people are going to carry out these acts. And it doesn't have to be a gun or the person doesn't have to have a gun to be met with a gun. If the person has the opportunity, the individual has the capability or the intent to cause serious death or bodily harm, that individual can be met with death, right? I'm allowed to use my firearm or anybody uh, that is carrying one can use one. So they can be a knife. It can be an assault bat. It can be an assault hammer. It can be all sorts of different um, assaults because that's what the tool is being used for, but can be met with that force. So, um, you know, I kind of trailed off there, but it's really, uh, you know, weapons were something that was there. You bring up a good point. Assault comes in all shapes and sizes, and and many, many tools are used when it comes to assault. So let me ask you this. Me, Joe Citizen. How do you feel about me having a firearm? I'm just I'm just the guy who decided, hey, AR-15s look really cool. I want to go buy one. Um, I, I think uh, it's super important. I think uh, those that are comfortable with it should uh, become educated with it and and carry. Um, you know, and whether you want to open carry or you want to conceal carry, that's on you. I personally don't recommend open carrying because if somebody has intentions to do harm, you're probably going to be target number one um, because you are their biggest threat. Um, the reason why I want, I would like to see the public, or in my opinion, why I would want the, uh, the public to carry is, you know, uh, we're underfunded. We're understaffed, you know, as a military, but even as a civilian force. Uh, these civilian cops are working massive overtime hours on top of hours. And, you know, it's not easy. Everybody wants to and knows how to do their job supposedly on the internet, but none of them want to go fill out the application and get out there and, and help serve and protect their country. So the response time of our police force is slim to none, right? It's, it's crazy how long it takes from someone to get from point A to point B when something's happening with traffic, um, with all the lights, with the, the geography of it all. Um, but if you have somebody that's trained and somebody that's armed there that can meet that adversary or meet that threat, uh, that threat can be neutralized. Um, we saw it in, um, we, we saw it in, uh, was it Clackamas, Clackamas Town Center, was it? Um, where they had the, uh, the guy went, sh- uh, did the shooting over there in the food court area. Um, he was met by a civilian. Unfortunately, the, c- the civilian was just a psychological threat. He was at a distance. The individual did not pull his weapon, but, uh, ended up causing malfunctions and stuff like that. And the, and the weapon, the guy wasn't able to handle the weapon and just somebody else being there, somebody causing a stop in their progression. Right. Okay. Well, Matt. I'm, uh, I'm yeah. going to move on to Lauren. I thank you for your input. Uh, you bring up a lot of valid points, um, and uh, it's always good to get a perspective. So now I'm going to go to Lauren. Lauren, you're on the air. Hi, Michael. Um, Hi. Did, I, did so, I keep you waiting for too long? I'm sorry. No, no, no. It wasn't long. I was listening. Okay. Um, so my perspective is I'm a little different. I grew up in New York on Long Island, and... Um, I went to a school where there wasn't anybody who hunted at all. So we never had guns in our pickup trucks in the parking lot. And I didn't know, I didn't have one friend who went hunting with their family. So, um, it was very sheltered where, where I came from. So, um, I actually grew up camping in upstate New York with my family in the summertime. And, uh, we didn't carry a gun. Uh, we had, you know, there were black bears out there. We didn't, we didn't feel people were a threat, and we weren't afraid of the black bears, and so we just did our camping. Moved here to um, Portland, and then I started going camping out here into the woods, and then uh, people started telling me, well, you should have a gun um, for protection. And, you know, you it was for protection that? against animals and then also for protection against people out in the woods, um, like primitive camping. Uh, that was something that, kind of scared me, um, wasn't all that comfortable with, couldn't believe actually very being sheltered, couldn't believe people could be that way. Couldn't believe that I would ever need it. And I never did. I never got it. And I continue to camp and I can, I go 
backpacking in the wilderness and I'm not, I don't carry a gun um, for so wildlife folks, or for people. I'm going to interject right here. Yeah, so Lauren yeah. has Lauren has never been really comfortable with a firearm and never saw a need for it and still lives her life without that need. So um, having a gun is, uh, is, is, there's a lot of responsibility that goes with it. And uh, maybe it, it isn't congruent with your lifestyle. Yeah, maybe it is. Yeah, I'm here. Are you still there? All right. So um, we are coming to the close of our, of our segment. Um, I guess what I really wanted to uh, accomplish out of all this is just, just to be a decent human being. I mean, that's really what it's all about. Uh, without feelings of, Without feelings of respect, what is there to distinguish us from beasts? Confucius said that. And think about that. I want you to respect people today. I want you to go out and give a compliment and receive one and just be nice. Hold the door for someone. No more anger, all right? There is more to this than just the gun. It's what's at the beginning of the arm. Join us next week as uh, we talk about uh, mental health and exercise and how it's the best medicine. And, um, you know, today we had some technical difficulties and we managed to push through. And uh, and next week it's going to be a different flavor, all right? I'll be back on track to what I do best, and that is fitness, although I do have opinions. And I thank you for your... Thank you for tuning in this week and join me next week and uh, keep swinging America and stay strong. This is Michael Scott with you only stronger, the Voice America Network on the Variety Channel. Thank you for listening this week to You Only Stronger. Please join your host and fitness expert, Michael Skog, again next Monday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember to do Michael's assignment this week, and we'd love to hear your feedback on next week's show. 